Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey, Google, can you repeat Welcome to the Smart Home Show? Sorry, I'm not sure how to help. Hey, Google, please just say the words, Welcome to the Smart Home Show. My apologies. I don't understand. Hey, Google, what can you do? Here are a couple of suggestions. You can say, set a 45-minute timer for lasagna. Or, what's the weather? Hey, Google, I'm just going to start my podcast now. Sorry, I'm not sure how to help with that yet. I know, I know. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's guest is Jason Griffin, co-host of the Home Tech FM podcast, and now co-founder and co-creator of Home Tech Academy, a site that teaches home integration professionals about new technologies, new tools, and new skills, and I think it's a great idea. So when I heard about it, I knew how to get Jason on the podcast. I'm recording this a day before Thanksgiving. It's Wednesday. For those of you in the U.S., I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. I'll be back next week with more podcasts. If you haven't subscribed, you know where to do that. Also, check out our new editorial site, The Spoon. Just go to thespoon.tech, and please subscribe to the newsletter. All right, folks, that's it for now. Let's talk to Jason. Hey, well, I'm really happy to have Jason Griffin, the co-host of the Home Tech FM podcast. A lot of my listeners listen to your podcast, Jason, so they probably recognize your voice. Yeah, very good. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on and look forward to chatting with you. Yeah, it's a good time to have you on because you have uh, a new baby this week. It's your third <laughs> Indeed, yeah. it's actually a digital baby, uh, kind a digital of, baby. Yes, yep, in the exactly. form of a Home Tech Academy. A we're baby, gonna, nonetheless, we're going to get into that and what that's all about because I'm interested to hear what you guys are doing there. But before we do that, I just want to talk about a few things uh, that we both have interest in. And it, it, this is complete coincidence. People that listen to our podcast probably noticed that we both had Ram Malasani from Securefy the makers of the almond router on and we did right. this completely independently. I think Ron probably knew he's actually going, I'm getting on some podcasts, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Ron was on the press tour and uh, I think he was actually on Stacy's show as well pretty recently. So that's funny, kind of funny. Yeah. We totally didn't realize it. And Seth and I were having a good laugh about that because he, he saw uh, Stacy's show first and sent me a link. And then I think it was a few days later I saw yours and sent him a link and said, man, this guy was really uh, getting after it. <laughs> But ROM was great. Really, uh, you know, the Almond 3 is a really compelling product. I was telling him when we had had him on our show that, you know, I've been familiar with Almond by name for quite a while, but I've just never, it's like one of those products that I've just never found the time to like really dive into and, and, and get educated on. And yeah. as I was prepping for the interview with him, I was really impressed with the feature set those guys have put together and really a uh, compelling price point and uh, so definitely a company that I'll be keeping a closer eye on moving forward. Yeah, and I was listening to your your podcast, and you guys are right. It's a great entry point in a way for people who want to get into smart home. And also, you know, it's a it's a device that you need if you want to get the Almond Three or or even their older models with the with the integrated uh, with the integrated Z Wave. Um, yep. Or integrated Zigbee. So um, that that just makes a lot of sense to do that. But the new one has mesh on it. So I'm excited to play with that uh, when I get my hands on one. Um, but just more broadly, it's an exciting year for Wi-Fi 
because it seems like it's kind of the story of the year. If it wasn't for Amazon Echo uh, and voice control, I'd say Wi-Fi is the story of the year. And by the way, we probably have to do one of those year-end wrap-ups. We did. I think that's the last time we were yeah. on the podcast together. We did a yeah, year-end wrap-up. I think it was. The fire, uh, technology.fm fireside chat. <laughs> the fire, yeah, I the actually fireside was, chat. <laughs> yep. I was just thinking about that the other day, and I agree. I think we should uh, definitely make that happen, try to get the whole crew together and, and do another one of those. It was a lot of fun. So I was just uh, on Twitter, and I noticed that uh, our friend David Zatz, I don't know if you know Dave, he tweeted out uh, a coupon code, which if you want to go get uh, an Eero, he tweeted a $100 off coupon. And I tweeted back to him, I go, yeah, but it's still not as good a price as Google Wi-Fi. And so I actually was contemplating myself buying a new mesh Wi-Fi setup. And the Google Wi-Fi, it's still in clear when it ships, but when I put it into Amazon, it's two ninety nine. It says it's going to ship on December eighth, so I actually hit buy on it. So I'm excited to get. Oh, my, very good. So I'm going to, I'll be playing with that hopefully by December eighth. Yeah, that's great. It it really has been the year of Wi-Fi, and I think if you took us back in time to the uh, the fireside chat we had last year, and if somebody had predicted that you know we'd see this explosion of new Wi-Fi products, I would have thought they were crazy. Um, it's just a technology that's been around for so long, and uh, it's just interesting to see. And, and obviously, a lot of the new developments center around, uh, as you alluded to, mesh systems. So really good for uh, retrofit environments and, and areas where you don't have the ability to, to pull new infrastructure. And um, it's an exciting technology, even for us on the professional installation side. Uh, you know, often we are dealing with remodels. Um, I'm looking at a project right now, incidentally, up in up in the Boulder market here. I'm I'm based in Denver, and uh, there's a lot of historical homes up there where you know we don't we go in and try to keep a light footprint on the install side and um, not rip up all the walls to to pull infrastructure. And so, uh, you know, having these sort of options, really robust uh, mesh Wi-Fi, uh, is really great not only just for end users and consumers, but but also on the professional side as well. Yeah, I think it started last year, and even before that. If you go back with with what Rom and, and Almond was doing, you know, they started to rethink the router a little bit with the the original Almond, which was this great user interface in the touchscreen. That was kind of a novel thing. They were the first ones to really do that. And then you started to see uh, Eero came out last year. I think the Google OnHub came out, and I think the kind of the the refresh on that is Google Wi-Fi. Because um, I don't think the on-hub on cut on. But people started to think about it last year because the old school of the Belkins of the world and the Neckers of the world were kind of just I, – I think they atrophied a little bit. They kind of got a, <laughs> a little bit lackadaisical and there wasn't mm -hmm. a whole lot of innovation there. So as we all started to get more need for high-speed bandwidth in our home and we all realized it's not the broadband. Man, I'm getting – you know, 50 megabits down for my Comcast. I'm getting 20 megs up, and I'm still having problems with my Netflix. We realize it's the the weak point is in the the home Wi-Fi, and I think these these innovators uh, and these entrepreneurs saw an opportunity in the market, and so they went after it. So we're all kind of benefiting from that, I think. Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. And and I think it's uh, like I said, an exciting technology. And I I think one of the things just to go back to the conversation about almond. Um, that I love seeing in terms of their approach is that, like you alluded to, it's it's a router, it's a device that everybody needs anyways, but to get that smart home hub that's built into the router, so it's, it's almost just icing on the cake at that point, um, is a very smart move, I think, by, by Securify. And um, also, I thought, and was curious to get your thoughts on this, Mike, because I thought their, their decision to uh, include 
a feature set that will allow it to act as like a self-monitored security solution yeah. with yeah. window and door contacts. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant because security is such a common entry point for uh, people who are just getting into home technology. And I thought that was just a really, really smart move. Yeah, that was smart. And it's a, it didn't surprise me that I think they're innovative there. But when, I, when they first were talking about the, the Almond 3 going back earlier this year, that was not a feature set they were highlighting. But in the last couple of months, they, they t- started playing up the fact that it had a siren on board. And so I really like this idea of this is like a, a, a baseline DIY home security system. If, like you said, you get those door sensors, the window sensors, you already have the router. Why not? I mean, it, it's just such a, a no brainer. And because so many people, I mean, my, I always kind of go back to this. It's kind of almost, I repeat this all the time, but everyone wants to feel safer in their home. And most people aren't willing to pay like $50 a month to ADT. And those guys, by the way, are starting to reinvent themselves. Yeah. They, they kind of see the writing on the wall, but like it's, it's brilliant. If you're like a, a smart, a smart, small, scrappy startup, like Securify, it makes a lot of sense to just, why not pack more features in this? Uh, and so I, I applaud it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a great move, but, uh, you know, zooming back out to the broader landscape, like you said, it's becoming increasingly competitive. And I think they've been forced to emphasize that feature set out of necessity because of that. And I think, um, it's getting increasingly difficult probably for consumers out there to, to make a decision about, you know, which one they're going to go with, uh, ubiquity has their, um, system out now and they've been, you know, a huge player for years in, in big enterprise Wi-Fi, and they've made, uh, some pretty solid inroads into the professional home technology channel. I know a lot of uh, integrators use their products as well, and this was their first uh, foray into a consumer product. And I know uh, Seth, my partner over on the Home Tech Podcast, has uh, one of those systems in his hands right now, and he's looking to to get that deployed and hopefully do do a review on it. So we'll we'll definitely keep you posted on that and let you know, yeah, um, hear you know how our results are. You know who was a co-founder of Ubiquity? Ram Alasani. Right. That's right. He did mention that. Hey, Jason, I have a special guest here uh, on the podcast. This is kind of a surprise. I, I just want to introduce you to someone. Oh, is that, boy. Is that okay? Uh, that's okay. Hey, Google, say hi to, say hi to Jason. <laughs> that's that's what you got for me okay hey google sing me a song yes i can sing I help you, that's better even if it's strange so i sing <laughs> i've been playing good. with my uh my google my google home here so i've been trying it awesome. out uh, i've been doing a little kind of virtual assistant off between it and uh my amazon echo and uh, it's too soon to determine yeah, I was just going to ask. It actually it it sings better. Although there's an auto tune song with Amazon Echo, and you ask it to sing. This one's just more of an old school kind of vaudevillian type of more style. Sul- <laughs> a little more sultry. Yeah, a little more sultry. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that Google Home's entry there is, or Google's entry, I should say, there is is was a no brainer for them. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll be really curious to see how that develops. I think that um, Amazon is going to have to you know stay on their toes i think google just has such a um you know huge background in ai and uh, i think that's really going to play to their advantage uh in the long term but then you've got amazon on the other hand who's got that first mover advantage and and a lot of integrations out there um already working and so yeah it's a tough choice i'll be really i'll be really curious to hear 
you know how your how your mileage varies on each of those because I'll definitely uh, be making that decision myself here probably not too long. My first nitpick actually is you know the excitement for me with Google Home is it has all this contextual information about me because I live in the Google Calendar world I use Gmail but I do it all off of a getting kind of very specific about Google you don't I don't use a Gmail account as my main Gmail I use hosted hosted email using Google and you can't right. you can't actually sign into the Google Home app with that account you have to use a Gmail account so that's my oh first, that's interesting that's my first nitpick uh, of this. Uh, well, that's experience. that's relevant though because there's probably a, a fair amount of people. I mean, I'm sure it's not the majority, but I'm sure there's a sizable uh, number of people out there who are in that boat. I know we use uh, Google Apps for um, home tech, and that is you know where a lot of my uh, an increasing amount of my correspondence uh, is taking place these days. And so, yeah, I think that's definitely relevant. That's yeah. interesting. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that. I think that's probably something they'll address. It's probably something, you know, they, they got this out. They'll probably fix it. So I would expect that to, to change at some point. Yeah, yeah, it would, it would seem like it would have to. And, um, yeah, I'll just be, like like I said, curious to know your experience. I, I still think, uh, you know, I you go back, and, and we've had these conversations on home tech for a very long time about voice control. And when we first started doing the show almost three years ago, we, we had a, an episode on a gentleman who had a company called VoicePod. And they've since gone out of business, but they were at the time they were had a similar device, like that similar form factor. It was an always on device that would sit on a countertop. It was designed primarily to integrate with uh, control four systems. And they were really focused on um, like the disability market and, you know, uh, wounded veterans and people with disabilities and and trying to allow them uh, to have some control in the home. Obviously, the market has evolved and that company is has uh, gone out of existence at this point. But um you know, my point is that voice control has been a conversation for a long time, and I was just very, very skeptical on it up until, you know, Amazon Echo came out. And, and to me, the aha moment, the thing that turned the corner was just that that form factor, just putting something on the counter that's always on and taking the phone out of the equation um, was, was a big deal. And I think, um, obviously, Google has followed suit, and I'll be curious to see if Apple does as well. I know there's been some speculation there. You know, it's interesting in the professional market. Have you had a chance to look at the Josh AI voice voice interface? Always talk to those guys. So we did have Alex on the show. Yeah. Um, Alex, actually, they're based here in Denver, and I've had lunch with Alex um, and his partner. I believe his name is Tim. Hopefully, I'm getting that right. Um, really, you know, at first, I have to admit, I was kind of skeptical, uh, particularly with their really high price point, but. Right. I got to give those guys credit. Like they're sticking to their guns. Um, they've got a pretty clear vision about what they want to do. I, I don't know for sure if they're going to get long-term success, but you know, it, it's really we went out, we looked at it at Cedia, and my advice to them, for whatever my advice is worth, was you know their messaging to me seemed a little bit off in the sense that they were very focused on the voice control element. But what I think they're doing very well has a much more to do with the AI and the ability to use natural language um, and just that extra intelligence, um, as well as the fact that really their system could very easily replace a traditional legacy type of control system. Um, so big, heavy Crestron installs, for example, um, they're, what, they're, what they're building uh, could really take the place of something like that. So it's, it's a bit more than just a voice control interface, and uh, I think they're probably their biggest challenge is, is figuring out how to concisely convey that to the market 
Right. And I think your everyone's initial impression is, wow, that's a really high price point. But, you know, there's definitely going after, like you said, the custom install market. My only question is, you know, Amazon has its eye on that market as well, and they're going to try and integrate as much as they can, Alexa, with all the different systems, as much as these different systems will have them. And it seems like there's a pretty full embrace so far uh, of Alexa within the, the CD and the custom install channel. I haven't really Definitely. seen anyone say, oh, we don't want to work with Amazon. So that, that's kind of my main concern for them. But yep. but overall, I mean, you're right. They are sticking to their guns. You got to yep. give them that. Definitely. And, and I, I think to your point, uh, it was really interesting at, at Cedia this year to see Amazon on the floor. And, you know, they had a not a huge booth, but it was a booth right in the middle of the Cedia show floor and drew a consistent crowd. I mean, at times it was, uh, you know, a line around the booth. They had, you know, for obvious reasons, like a soundproof um, enclosure where they were doing demos. And uh, it was very, very popular. I didn't personally go in, um, but it was really a lot of people checking that out. And I think that the... Cedia channel is embracing Amazon Echo, and it, it, whether by necessity or by you know enthusiasm, I think uh, we're going to embrace you know voice control. And, and like you said, um, Amazon's got a huge head start on everybody. Well, we're going to ask one more question uh, of Google here. Uh, hey Google, what do you think of Amazon Alexa? I like Alexa's blue light. Her voice is nice too. <laughs> oh, how sweet! So diplomatic. So <laughs> diplomatic. That was very nice of you. <laughs> nice. I like that. You're bouncing also uh, a new thing, like we said, a new baby, but not quite a physical baby. And we're going to talk about baby. We're t- a digital baby. We're going to talk about that now. I'm excited for you guys. I think this is a great idea. It's called Home Tech Academy. Tell us what that is. Yeah. So Home Tech Academy is a, a new site that we've launched as kind of a spinoff to our uh, Home Tech podcast. And it, it's pretty simple. It's a e-learning website developed for home technology professionals. And we're really focused on uh, delivering high-quality training and uh, mostly in that vendor-specific role. So we're really working very closely with uh, currently like software companies in our industry to provide um, online training and resources um, to help people understand what tools are available to them and how to make the best decisions uh, for their careers or for their business. And like you said, you're kind of focusing in on, on the tools that professionals use. I was actually playing around uh, with the slate plan crash course. I was actually, I registered right now you have three courses. I think they're all yep. free. So I would suggest yep. everyone who listens to this podcast who wants to play with some of the, the tools that Jason, uh, uses, uh, and, and, and folks who are in that space use check it out. But so the bigger vision though, is you're going to just create these, these tools or these teachable lesson plans for people yep. to learn how to become users of the some of the same tools you use yeah yeah so really i mean kind of the genesis of the idea which is, is relevant here goes back to a number of years ago i was working um as a kind of a full-time uh, programmer in our industry and so i was out configuring big home automation systems and you know i'd often run into maybe a challenging programming re- request from a homeowner or maybe it was just something really simple that i had forgotten how to do and i'd be looking online to try and, and find an answer and it was very difficult. All of the resources that most of the vendors that we were working with at the time were putting out were, you know, very lengthy, like PDF reference guides that were like <laughs> 50 pages long. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they spent God knows how long putting them together, but they were just, it was just too much. And there, you know, there was a scattering of videos that um, I, I thought were fairly, you know, produced pretty poorly, quite frankly. 
And uh, the big problem I had also with them is that they were released in like really long clips. So they were like 30 minute long videos. And I'm looking for like one answer. And I'm on a job site and it's six o'clock at night on a Friday and I'm just trying to get the heck out of there and I can't find what I need. And so I was, you know, started looking around for higher quality training resources and it didn't take long to realize that there just really wasn't anything out there for home technology professionals. And I just kind of scratched my head because if you look at like the IT industry or if you look to software development, I mean, there are dozens or like hundreds of, of resources available, like training consultants and websites and third party, you know, people who are providing a lot of these educational resources, uh, very high quality stuff. And there just wasn't anything like that for home technology. And so that is essentially what gave birth to the idea is that I think, you know, a lot of companies in our industry could could benefit from having better training materials out there uh, for their users. And, you know, we're just, we're a small industry and a lot of these companies are, are starved for resources and I'm sure would love to have high quality training materials out there, but it can be difficult to, uh, to find the resources to put that together. So we're hoping that we can kind of bridge that gap. Yeah, I love this idea. I mean, I've uh, been using sites like Treehouse, for example, to learn how to Yep. to code and also part of the way to teach, you know, what my son who wants to learn how to code. Um, and I actually think you're right. And what I'm excited about is people listening to this podcast or, you know, companies with their platforms say, Hey, we really don't, ha we don't have uh, a great system to train people, to bring people up to speed on how to do this. So I think like you guys could be a good entry point for them to do that. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's really, what we're hoping for. And so, like you said, we've launched with, uh, you know, pretty small catalog right now, but we're going to be building that out and we definitely are excited to get it out there and, uh, and just see, you know, we're, like you said, the courses right now are free. Um, we're really hoping to find a way to make the model work where we can keep, uh, quite a bit of our courses free for our visitors. Um, you know, and we'll probably approach vendors with, uh, you know, sponsorship opportunities and, and things of that nature to, uh, to try and make it a viable and, and, and sustainable business and something that we can make a real run at because we really do think that the industry needs it and uh, we, we just don't see anybody else doing it. There's a lot of resources out there for um, like entry-level technicians. Cedia, our trade organization, has a lot of great resources for them. There are some other companies that uh, are doing third-party training for people who are just looking to get into the industry, but it's like as a home technology professional, I lived it. You, you get to this point in the industry where you just, there's nothing left out there other than, you know, what your manufacturers can provide you, which some of them do a great job, some do terrible and everywhere in between. Um, and then beyond that, it's kind of just the school of hard knocks. There's really nothing else out there like a Treehouse or a Linda or anything like that, um, specifically aimed at our industry. And so we really see our target customer as as a you know, somebody with a fair amount of experience in the industry, whether that's a technician, programmer, operations guy, a business owner, whoever it is, is just looking to understand what's out there, what's available to help them get their career or their business to that next level. So just out of curiosity, because I'm always curious about how stuff like this comes together, you know, you had this idea. Talk about kind of the, you know, the evolution of it. You know, how long were you thinking about it and how long did it take to put this initial catalog together? Yeah. So um, once I got really serious about doing Home Tech Academy, uh, this initial catalog, you know, starting from basically nothing, uh, I hadn't figured out what platform, e-learning platform we were going to use or started. And there's that learning curve, right? Like once you learn how to do this in terms yep. of like the teaching platform, that gets easier over time. 
Exactly. But yeah, so, you know, in, in its current iteration, I've been working on Home Tech Academy for probably six months, roughly. Um, I will, you know, say that I did, like, when I had that initial experience that I talked about years ago, um, I actually did take a run at, at starting a site uh, similar to this, and that site's still up. It's Integrators Academy, and um, it basically, there's still some blog content on there, but it's it's totally dormant, and I just, you know, I hit a few snags in, in getting that up, and for a variety of reasons, the coursework uh, section of that site just never really took off, and I got a little discouraged, but, uh, you know, what I realized is that I learned a lot of really valuable lessons. I did have talks with manufacturers at the time, um, learned about what they were looking for, um, also learned, I think, that I was maybe taking a little bit too narrow of a focus and was really focused on like one or two manufacturers who just weren't super enthusiastic about it. And what I've realized now is that there's a lot of software companies and product manufacturers out there who really see the value in it. And I know that from the talks I'm having right now. I mean, I'm in talks with a number of other companies who are very enthusiastic about getting involved. And so, you know, just broadening that focus out from just focusing on one programming platform to like you know, covering things like sales software, um, yeah. recurring monthly revenue, operational stuff. You know, there's there's this whole you know blossoming of software products happening in our industry right now. And so sort of widening that focus out um, was a big lesson I learned. And so really, like I said, in the current iteration, about probably six months, but um, this has been an idea that's been percolating like for years. I have an idea. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah, please. Do a course on creating an Alexa skill. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we definitely want um, we, we want feedback, and we want to get into doing some of those things. I've actually been kind of ribbing on Seth because he's, he's great. Seth is really good with that. Um, Seth is much more technical than I am. Seth has a background in development and uh, is really, really good with that stuff. He's done, you know, drivers for Control 4, and he's he's put apps out on the App Store and all that. So I think... He can really bring a lot to the table on that more hardcore kind of technical side. And right now, my focus is more on um, operational and sales type of stuff, which reflects really what I'm doing in my day-to-day -day, uh, work right now. And so that's a passion of mine. I really enjoy uh, software. I just respect so much the you know ability of a developer to put together a nice piece of software and really enjoy getting in and learning you know about new pieces of software and how they could help me in my business. And so... You know, that's always been business software has always been kind of a geeky, geeky passion of mine. And so to be able to, to put yeah. that into this site is uh, is a lot of fun. And the three courses you have now, you talk a little bit about what you have. Yeah. So right now we have a course uh, that we did with a company called Aiheji. And they are, um, if your listeners aren't familiar, there's a, a big conversation in, in our industry right now that's that's taking place around this idea of recurring monthly revenue and yeah. service-based pricing yeah. and that all stems from really this this blossoming in the low end of the market of really sophisticated, really low cost home technology products that are are you know allowing consumers to go out and do this stuff easier and cheaper than ever before. And our industry is looking around and saying, well, you know, we've still got a ton of uh, work coming in, and and I'm an optimist. I believe our industry is is going to do just fine, but. Eventually, we are going to have to shift to a more service-based pricing model. And Ahiji was really one of the pioneers in this conversation. has been around since 2009. Um, they've got a little black box, basically, an Envision platform is their remote systems management tool um, that allows home technology professionals to get proactive alerts when their clients 
systems are having issues and that sort of thing. Um, so this is kind of a roundabout way. They have taken that to the next step, which is a, a platform called Service Manager. And Service Manager uh, was built around feedback they got from their dealers that said, hey, you know, we're having some success with this RMR stuff and with remote systems management, but we're having a, a really hard time tracking it all and keeping track of when to bill who and what kind of plan they're on and how do, can we automatically invoice them and what are the service terms and all of these sort of administrative and, and even some marketing challenges that come with trying to adapt that business model. And that's what Service Manager uh, is built to solve. And so that's one of the courses. Uh, a second course that we have and, is a company. One Vision Resources, though, we've, we've talked, I've talked with them. They actually are built, built on IEG, right? Yeah. So their, their relationship is, uh, yeah, One Vision is the service provider. They're kind of the white label um, tier one support team for uh, integrators. So as an integrator, I can contract One Vision right, to, um, you know, basically take support calls in, in my name and they've got a team of really highly trained uh, technicians. I, I love what One Vision is doing. Um, their relationship with Ihiji, I would say, is, I, I don't know, informal in, okay. in a way. Um, they right, use right, but they use it. They use it. They use it. They absolutely use it. Yeah, so Ihiji is really like the pioneer in that space of being able to remotely keep an eye on our client systems and do things like get diagnostics, remotely reboot problematic devices, um, all that sort of thing. So really, really important conversation in our industry right now. And Ahiji is one of the, well, definitely one of the leaders there without question. Uh, Domots is actually very similar to Ahiji, uh, much newer entry into the market, um, coming at it from a little bit of a diff different angle, lower price point. I don't think quite as robust yet, but they're definitely... Uh, aggressive. We've had them on our our show as well, and and really a direct competitor to Ihiji's uh, Envision platform. Which again, we haven't covered on Home Tech Academy yet. We focused on their Service Manager, which is kind of the second piece to that puzzle. Um, so we've got Service Manager, Domots, and then shifted gears a little bit to a company called Slate Plan. Uh, really interesting company. They're designed to do quick budgeting and proposals, and that's a big big thing in our industry because. You know, everything we do is custom. And so it's very, very easy to spend, you know, countless hours uh, building huge proposals for clients who have no idea uh, the dollar amount that's coming at them. And then you knock them out of your chair and they never come back and you've wasted eight hours of your time. Right. And so the idea with Slate Plan is to get clients engaged in that budgeting conversation in a very interactive way. Um, it's a floor plan view where you can drop icons onto there and see that budget building in real time so that clients can have a dialogue with you and say, you know, I want speakers in this room, a home theater here, uh, automated shades there. And as they're making these decisions, they're, they're seeing what, what that's doing to the budget in real time. And so it, it, it definitely helps them understand uh, the budgetary, you know, framework that they should be thinking about. And it helps home technology professionals really cut to the chase and figure out, um, you know, how to best provide a solution for a client uh, within their a budget range that they're actually going to be comfortable with. Well, this is exciting. We need to get, I want to see what Seth has in store for us. You guys are both creating classes and you both currently have day jobs, right? And uh, at, we some do. Point, at some point, this could actually be, I'm excited about this. This could be a lot bigger for you guys. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's something that we're definitely just, uh, we're like I said, we're excited to get it out there. We're not trying to 
um, overthink it. We just want to get something out there, get some feedback from the market and, uh, you know, keep developing it. We really, really do believe uh, that that this sort of resources is needed in our industry. And so I'm excited to see what kind of feedback we get and uh, we'll continue to keep building that out. So definitely keep checking back. I will. Everyone else can too. Go to hometech.academy. That's hometech.academy. Check it out. And Jason, man, thanks for coming on. We got to we got to get back and reconvene the, the the crew for our prediction podcast. But this was a fun it. one catching up on your new your new uh, your new baby. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'm I'm with you. Let's definitely make sure we get together for another fireside chat this year, and I'll be in touch about that. All right, I'll bring the eggnog. Man, I'm so excited for Jason and Seth and this new site. If you're someone who needs to learn these new tools, who wants to learn these new tools, these new technologies, go to HomeTech. Academy. All right, folks, have a great Thanksgiving. I'll be back next week with a new podcast. We'll talk to you soon.